you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. History. That's what we are, a church of history. In his own time, God decides, I was having this conversation with someone the other day, um, I'm changing my thought, but let me go, I'll go back to it. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about angels and how the devil and the angels are alive in, in our world. And she said, well, when did all this happen? When did this come to be? I said, well, I wasn't there. It was the beginning of God's decision. Well, when, when did the Bible get written? Well, the Bible has nothing to do with historical creation. The Bible was constructed maybe 2000 BC in various parts. So it's relatively new compared to creation. And creation goes back you check out with the scientists billions of years, you know, the stars and the planets and all that good stuff. Now, all of this follows the fact that God, who is eternal, which means he always was, decides, and even those words like decides or his mind and or even the word his don't apply to God, but we have to use some sort of metaphor to, to understand God. So in his mind, God decides to create stuff. And if we look at the scientists, the first things probably were the solar system, the stars, and all those planets out there. And then eventually, God creates on one planet, Earth. That begins our historical journey. And I say that specifically because the readings and this feast today of the Basilica of St. Peter and St. Paul are part of our history. So then eventually, and, and I don't know why God chose the Jews as, the, as his people, this chosen people, that was another part of the discussion we had the other day. And I said maybe he chose them because they were the monotheists. They believed in one God in a polytheistic culture. I don't know, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, or the monotheism, or, or the people of Israel following monotheism? I don't know. But from way up in Mesopotamia, under the leadership of the man we refer to as Abraham, his name was Abram at that point, he leads his family and his flocks and everybody, and they, they go on a journey that he has a vision from God is going to be the promised land. And they arrive at the promised land what we know is a holy land now. And, and, and there were a lot of battles and, and challenges along the way. It wasn't an easy ride. They didn't get in an Uber and take it straight through. No, they walked and they carried their, their material and their animals. So that's the beginning of the history of what we eventually will call the church under the leadership of Abraham. And he is the historical founder 
of the Judeo-Christian monotheism. That was probably 2500 BC. Now only much later did anybody start writing down that history. So it's not written as history, it's written as, I want to say gospel, it's written as religious mythology, and that's not a bad word, mythology. It's a religious history, how God got us from one spot to another. Now, no one knows that because no one knows the mind of God. So all we can do is trace it. And this is what happened. And, and we, we have Abraham and we have Isaac, and we have his, his history. So we can historically locate, and, and biblical archaeology even today is researching and discovering new historical references to that journey, to the origin of the people of Israel, etc. Again, in time, now don't forget this is all from eternity. God intervenes and creates time. Just think, there was, there was no time before before creation started. There was no reason to measure anything. I'm just, I mean, it, it's mind-blowing to think that God, who is eternal, decides to create time, and with time comes, comes stuff, the stuff of the, of the world. And then we start measuring time. Okay. In time, God decides that these are his chosen people, and these chosen people are going to carry his will into the world. Everybody has free will, some people screwed up with their free will. Some people stayed faithful with, it, with their free will. We call that the covenant. Well, in time, many, many covenants were created. Historical documents, historical events between God and his people through the prophets. Well, none of them held. They always broke the covenant. So finally, God decides. And again, I challenge the word decides because God has no mind. There's no such thing. But God, in his loving presence creates a new focus of history when he allows his son to be born in the flesh. That creates a very different appreciation for God in world history. Now, from then on, you know that history of Jesus. Today, in the scriptures, we have post-Jesus, after Jesus, what happened? How did the church get their act together? And, and this section of the Acts of the Apostles is very beautiful because it's like a letter that, that the, the evangelist, uh, probably um, Mark, is writing on behalf of Paul. And he gives that little historical continuity, his, the, the itinerary of Paul, who was being arrested, uh, he traveled here, he traveled there, he traveled these various places, he, he settles in Rome, another historical point, settles in Rome, and there for, in Rome, he starts declaring Jesus Christ. Now, when we just jump from, from eternity to creation, and from creation to post-Christ on earth. So Paul is preaching probably um, in the round, around the year 60, okay? This is all going on. That Paul becomes almost the second founder of the church. Jesus appoints Peter to be the rock of his future assembly. That's the word church comes from assembly. Jesus didn't intend to start a new church. 
a new church with a cross on top. No, that wasn't Jesus' plan. His plan was to fulfill the covenant, the, the covenant that was already created with the people of Israel, but that didn't work out, as you know. So he declares Peter the rock upon which he will build the future assembly. And that's us right now, here in Roosevelt Island. We are, we are descendants of that assembly. In the gospel, we hear one little snippet about how people approach God in Jesus Christ. And they approach God in faith and in doubt. When Jesus appears to his disciples who are floating on a, a windstorm Sea of Galilee, they thought it's a ghost. Now, they had already known Jesus. They saw his miracles. They saw his teaching. They heard his teaching. But now they're, they're, the boat is being tossed now think of this not only historically now, but apply it to ourselves spiritually. When the boats of our lives are tossed, when our, our method of living is challenged, when, when our beliefs, our health, COVID intervene and become like storms in our lives, Jesus wants to let us know that he's there. He walks in the water, now, the apostles are hysterical. I think you and I would be, too, if we saw a ghost, what we thought was a ghost walking on the water, you know, across the, uh, even across the East River there. Somebody walking on the water, ooh, be a little crazy. But Jesus says, it's, it's me. This is so theologically beautiful. Through the, the midst of the storms of our lives and the challenges of our lives, Jesus comes toward us. This is our faith. This is the faith that Paul was teaching. This is the faith that Peter was teaching. And Peter says to him, if, you, if it's really you, call me. I'll walk toward you. And he said, come. And then he hits Peter with this, this great phrase as Peter starts sinking, oh, you of little faith. Why do you doubt? From the beginning of creation to now, to today, that gospel is still alive for us. Why do you doubt? We always pray the Lord's Prayer, and that phrase in the Lord's Prayer is my favorite, your will be done. That's always our prayer. But yet, because we're people created in the image of God, but people, we still want our wills to be coordinated with God's will. So we pray for health. We pray for healing. We pray for the, uh, vaccination. We pray for uh, our economy, the family, name it. But that's all right. It's important. Because with those prayers that are endless, we approach Jesus, who became a human being, to hear us and to take those prayers to us, from us, to God the Father. So it's, it's normal and it's pretty human to doubt. But nevertheless, I can see Jesus with a smile saying, why do you doubt? God's will will be done. Why do you doubt? See the challenge that we go through as Christians? Because we're people. We're people created in time. And... We want to reach out to the eternal one, but he's not here right now. But while we are here and he's with us, he's saying, what do you doubt? He, he, he gives us his hand. Today we celebrate the historical 
origins of two buildings. And it's important that we realize we're a historical church. We're not a, a mythical church. We're not a, a circular church, you know, uh, like in antiquity, uh, if things didn't happen by such and such a date, the gods were reborn. And, and we, No, God was born, Jesus was born in the flesh once, and it's, now it's a continuity to his return. And in the meantime, we remember all the things that he has done and is doing for us. And one of those things were the inspiration of an emperor, Constantine, who built a church in honor of Paul, the guy we're talking about, and later on built a church over the tomb of St. Peter, the founder of the church, the Assembly of God. And those churches physically grew, got old, fell apart, and under succeeding uh, popes, they were rebuilt. St. Paul, outside the walls of Rome, Peter, <laughs> the jewel of Rome, you, you know the, the dome of St. Peter's, it's worldwide in its, in its fame, within the heart of Rome, on one of the hills of Rome, because that hill was the Vatican Hill, which was formerly a cemetery, and hence that's where Peter was buried. And when Constantine built the first basilica, basilica is the name of a building, the architectural name of the building, but it became the style of architecture of the churches that were built over the tomb of St. Peter, and it became the heart of the church, the historical heart of the church. And from there, you know the history, all the successes of Peter ruled in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ. So today we, we commemorate the dedication of those two buildings. Isn't that odd? We're commemorating a building, but the building has history. Each one of them has history galore. So it's not really dedicating uh, our prayers to a, a brick and mortar. Our prayers are dedicated to the founder of the church, Jesus Christ, and his successors, those who ruled in his place and preached in his name, Paul outside the walls and Peter on the Vatican Hill. And they're two beautiful churches. They used to be connected by a portico. I mean, and they're miles away. That portico is gone. But both churches, look them up tonight when you go home, are breathtaking. And, and I've traveled to both of them several times. And every time you enter, you're in awe. I mean, I could give a, a lecture, I'm not going to, on the architecture of both of those churches and the artists behind them and the beauty of, and magnificence of it. But we're not looking at that right now. We're looking at the history, our history. Our history goes back to Bethlehem when Jesus was born. And our history eventually will enter eternity. That's why we're here, because we believe that. And we're here because Jesus reaches out to every one of us and says, why do you doubt? And that's why we're here, because we believe. I mentioned at the beginning of Mass that we offer Mass for the other intentions, but also for Debbie uh, McCoy. And Debbie is here with us today, and she's undergoing tests today. So I thought, because this is a small community and it is the, the Church of Mother Cabrini, I'd like to ask Debbie to come forward as I anoint her for healing and bless her with the relic of uh, St. Francis Cabrini. So, Debbie, if you're comfortable with that, just come up and stand here.
sacrament of anointing of the sick is one of our holy steps toward achieving unity with Jesus. These are moments in our history in which through things, signs, oil, water, signs of blessings, we unite ourselves to Jesus. He blesses you, Debbie, not me. In the name of Jesus we gather. I ask you to take a very good patron of mine and friend of the family, these, these prayer beads of Padre Pio that we brought back from Italy when we visited his tomb. It's part of our history. The oil is the holy oil of anointing and in honor of the COVID, let me put the gloves on. Debbie, have faith in God who reaches out to you and gives you strength. May God the Father bless you. May God the Holy Spirit make you well. And may God Jesus walk with you on your journey toward healing. Through Christ our Lord, amen. And may the Lord in our prayers, and I ask all of you just to extend your hand in prayer. Our prayers go with you, Debbie, as you enter your tests. God is with you. Feel his presence. Know he's with you. His will will be done. And be one with him as he says to you, why do you doubt? Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you. Oh, one more thing I forgot to. Sorry. Our patron, Mother Cabrini, is here. And through the intercession of our patron, Mother Cabrini, Francis Xavier Cabrini, saint of immigrants, watch over Debbie, Mother, bring her your blessing and healing through Christ our Lord. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. 
Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.